We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. John Van Brassen drops back, throws an arching pass upfield. Reggie Townfields gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. First down inside his own five from his own end zone. Sacked in a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage Ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. Sees a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps attack. A run drop. 25 still in his feet. 46-yard goal by number 39. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle, and the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, former Los Angeles Rams defensive back, Michael Stewart. And the game is over. The Rams have won. They beat the Panthers 24-10. Mike, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, DC. And uh, maybe it's a better day today. Got some uh, more positive, a few more positive things to talk about. Still got a lot of work to do, but uh, they at least got it in the win column today. Is it fair to say, hey, I'm so flipping glad we're at the bye? Is it fair to say that? Oh, it's uh, more or less I'm jumping up in the air, clicking my heels together. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. bye. Thank gosh it's here. Oh, my gosh. Jumping out into praise and worship over that. Thank goodness that it's here. Um, and it wasn't without injuries, though. It was a day where we saw John Lopum go down. It was a day where we saw an offense struggle for a half, a defense that gave up a, I don't know what kind of drive that was to start the game for the Panthers. And yet they, they managed to pull it out. Lots of drama around this team, though. Lots of things to talk about. Before we do, we're going to ask you to head over to Apple Music and leave a review. Oh, and check out our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. So, Mike, I guess the best thing to do is just go over the numbers real quick. I mean, they're not pretty numbers, but they're not horrid. Um, and we'll also see how this thing turned out in terms of time possession, which is something we always preach. Yep. Yep. Yeah, for that, let's go ahead and knock this bad boy out. Let's do it. All right. And I'm not doing team one, team two. It's pretty obvious who won this week yeah, <laughs> when yeah. you look at the numbers. But there'll be a couple of things we're going to be happy about. Rams 22 first downs, Panthers 8, total plays 63 to 44. Rams have 360 total yards to 203 total yards to the Panthers. The Panthers played today with their like fourth string quarterback. Some crazy number like that. And they knocked him out of the game. Had the emergency quarterback in, by the way. The end. Yards for play 5.7 for the Rams, 4.6 for the Panthers. 249 yards passing, 110 yards passing for the Panthers. 7.3 yards per pass for the Rams and 4.8 for the Panthers. Both teams throw an interception. The Rams only allow one sack, which is kind of nice. Only one sack allowed. 111 yards rushing today for the Rams on 29 carries, 3.8 yards per carry average. 93 yards on 21 attempts for the Panthers. Rams are 3 out of 4 in the red zone. Did get penalized 7 times for 49 yards and 3 times, sorry, time, three times for 30 yards for the Panthers. Each team has a turnover, uh, a defensive touchdown, thanks to one of those turnovers, a, a Matt Stafford pick six, and then a, the big one, time of possession, 37 minutes for the Rams, 22 for the Panthers. Panthers came in wanting to run. They wanting to control the game because they weren't going to throw the ball much, and the Rams flipped it around on them. Let's see here. Players of the game. Christian McCaffrey, 13 carries for 69 yards rushing, seven catches for 89 yards. He pretty much was the offense for Carolina. Daryl Henderson, leading rusher. This is the sad part. 43 yards. So nobody is rushed for over 61 yards this year. Uh, Daryl Henderson today is 43. Receiving, Allen Robinson gets a touchdown today. Five catches, 63 yards. Cooper Cup, seven catches, 80 yards. Uh, they've moved the ball around quite a bit. One, two, three, four, eight different receivers for Matt Stafford today. And leading tackler, Ernest Jones with seven, Bobby Wagner with seven sacks, Marquise Copeland, and Jalen Ramsey. So there you go, by the way, leading tackle for Carolina. Familiar name, Corey Littleton. He's our leading tackler. So those are the numbers. And by the way, one other thing I want to point out today, the punters. Johnny Hecker, in his return to L.A., averaged 51 yards of punt today, 68 long, and Riley Dixon wasn't too far behind him for the Rams, 48 yards average of the long of 60. So the punters showed out a bit today as well. So, Mike, all those numbers in mind, care to give your thoughts? Uh, just you know, more or less a pedestrian effort, but, you know, ultimately you're trying to get it into the win column, but not as big of a showing uh, against a team that you would have liked to see a little more dominance, but they 
are going to enjoy hopefully this bye week to hopefully get some guys back or get one or two guys in that can help in the trenches. This is becoming a a sore sore eye, sore spot to look at, if you will. Uh, and they got to figure that out, else it's just going to be a a long season down the stretch. I mean, I agree. It's going to be a long season, and there were times in this game, especially the first half, where you're like, "Oh my gosh, are you watching this team? This is not. This is the Rams now. This is who they become." And I just want to point this out as well, though. They are playing third and fourth string linemen now, and Joe Noteboom goes down. Uh, reports are only suspicions. They don't know for sure, but looks possible like his Achilles. If it's Achilles, well, he's out for the year. It's going to be a year before we see him almost. So that's that's problematic. Positive is relief. Alaric Jackson came in and did a pretty nice job. Did a really nice job, actually. Uh, but that's a good sign. But the rest of the entire offensive line, we saw a lot of ugliness out there today. That the Rams did the best they could to mitigate it. Mitigate it. Not mitigate it. Medicate it. How about that? Medicate it. Medicate <laughs> yes. Medicate, but mitigate it. And right now, you have to wonder, how much can you fix? You have a team coming in, the Niners, who've had their number. They've beat them seven straight times regular season. And they're going to be pretty pretty key. If they, can, if they can take a double here, bury the Rams at three and four in a, in a tie-breaking advantage with two, two wins within the season, the Niners will have it. I mean, And the Niners are coming off a game against the Chiefs next week. So... I, <sighs> I don't know how much you could fix. We've been talking about can't wait to get to the break. And if anything, you go to the break hoping to get healthy, hoping to build some cohesiveness in the offensive line. But how much can you really fix? You, and let me ask you that question. How much can you fix over a bye? You, you play through your fair share of them. How much does a bye actually help? Well, I mean, it's going to help to a degree of, some guys that may be on the fringe that are playing that aren't listed on injury report that now you come off a bye week, they're more fresh and a little more able to make plays, uh, even though they're not showing up again on the injury report. So that's going to help. But as far as some of the, the bigger issues, I don't know what you can really do in, you know, these next uh, 10 days or so to really, effectively do something that's going to help you down the stretch except maybe bring Whitworth in and give him a week to to get going and you know maybe he can help you down the stretch but it's going to be interesting to see what happens the goal ultimately is whoever's playing you just start playing better can they that's the question I really have for you is can they yeah I don't know I mean, I hope so. is, with the talent they have in the offensive line right now, are they even able to do what, you'd, what you're hoping they can do? Yeah, I think it's going to be a struggle because, you know, you, you, you got guys who, you know, again, a lot of this has to do with mentality in your mind. If you don't really believe that you belong out there, well, you're going to play like that. But if you actually believe like, yeah, my my number's getting called. I'm going to show them in the world that I'm a legit NFL player and you go get after it. But the thing is, from what we've seen, and then when we have, you know, model next guy up and then next guy up is like, wow, this is next guy down, kind of. That's the issue because you want to at least stabilize next guy up, not that you're now playing even wor more worse. I, mean, I got to think, though, given the state of the division, even at 3-3, three and three, given the fact that they're still tied for first place. I mean, you have to go into this break at least somewhat optimistic that you can do enough to still be in the race to win the division. I mean, even today, the, the Niners lost two more starters to injury. And by the way, they got demolished by the Falcons. Anybody who looked at that Falcons game and thought, man, the Rams almost blew that. We, look, we realized the Falcons are much better than people give them credit for. That team plays. And 
they lose. You know, Seattle's beatable. They're three and three, although they're better than they thought we were. They thought it'd be the Cardinals two and four. That's the vision right now. Even with the Rams struggles, it's winnable. And if is keeping that in mind, hey, listen, this is still winnable despite all of our struggles. Despite the fact we're three and three, any other year they might be two games back or more. They're not. They're tied for first. If you are a player on this roster, how are you feeling? About your chances, anyways, of, of, of staying in. Well, yeah, I mean, you're feeling good as far as that is. But again, regardless of how many players Frisco has injured, when they play us, it just seems to be a different game. Seattle, kind of the wild, wild card. The thing is, Arizona has coming up. They have a dude named DeAndre Hopkins coming back here in the next week or so, I believe. So that team automatically now is going to start probably winning some of these games that they didn't win when he was not there. So that's the issue that I see. And when you look as far as just the NFC in all total, can we beat Atlanta? Can we beat Tampa Bay? Can we beat Green Bay? Can we beat Minnesota? Uh, I don't know. We could probably beat Chicago and Detroit, Carolina, but even in our own division, we struggle with Frisco, Seattle, again, wild card this year, but again, they're tied with us. And then Arizona, my my belief is they're going to be better with a receiver coming back. So whether you try to win the division or not, you eventually have to play these other teams as well. That's where are we going to get better and are we better and can we get better? I like that the second half, the ball overall was getting spread around a little bit more and things like that. But, you know, we got some issues that we'll probably talk about Regarding the backfield, we got a back that gets a few carries, but then what happened to the other back? No one's talking. Well, so we have some things to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> um, other notables from the game today, by the way, in case you missed it. Um, on the Panthers side, wide receiver Robbie Anderson was kicked out of the game. Um there's, there's cover, there's video, just show them the sidelines is basically, I mean, just lack of a better word. I don't know what the inside, I can only go by visuals, but what it looks like to me is a dude just, <laughs> how do I say it, man? <laughs> a dude who was acting like a kid, it, like a small child, wasn't getting what he wanted, acting out, and following after an argument with position coach Joe Daly, Steve Wilkes threw him out of the game. Now, that's how it looks. I don't know the details. I'm not sure why, but there's that drama. The Rams have their own drama. <sighs> Cam Akers. Yeah. Inactive for this game. We didn't get a chance to podcast beforehand. I've been sick this week. So, our chance now that because you know, I mean let's be honest there's not a whole lot to talk about this game I mean there was a lot to like in terms of getting the ball around seeing some guys step up that's good stuff but it's a team it's a team that's a total mess right now and that's the Panthers the right. news that came out this week was Cam Akers Cam Akers um, who basically is DNP does not play out for apparently it's not health reasons personal reasons. And today, just before game time hits, reports from Ian Rappaport saying that, that he is looking potentially to be traded and that the Rams will uh, potentially help him get traded. I don't know what to make of that. I don't know what, I mean, how do you, you're, you're, you were just two years ago the guy who was supposed to take over for, you know, your starting running back gig here. This is supposed to be your place. He was featured in that big, you remember this? That big um, thing with Eric Dickerson, with him taking, taking the football. Remember this? 
Yeah, yeah. Master of the uniforms. Correct. He was featured for that. And now, guess what? <laughs> guess what? He's possibly on his way out. Well, there, there seems to be, and we can go back to Eric Dickerson, uh, there seems to have been, at the end of the day, always an issue that has come up where the running back has been concerned. Uh, and it ultimately, it seems to me that it comes down to the organization in general wants to make the quarterback the quote-unquote leader of the pack regardless of if the running back or a wide receiver or a linebacker is the best player that should do that. They want the quarterback to be that person, i.e. situation with Jared Goff and, and, and Gurley. Remember, Goff got paid and they kind of were forced to then pay Gurley, else it would have looked a little bit like, wait a minute, you know. And then we got the situation now. Obviously, they brought in Matthew Stafford which we all believe is an upgrade at the quarterback position. But Cam Akers, until he got injured, was kind of the guy that was going to be, oh, this guy's going to be a difference maker, gets injured, comes back. And then this year, he's more or less supposed to be the feature guy, but he's splitting time, and then they're not really running the ball. So, again, you're not running the ball in games when you were actually doing well at the run game. And then you went to the pass game, which again makes it look like you want to make the receiver Cooper cuff quarterback Stafford, the guys, which hey, if you're McVay, that's, that's your prerogative. But if you're on the team and you're in those rooms and you're going, wait a minute, why are we seeming like we're forcing things when we actually could be just running down the throat of these guys that we're now kind of struggling with. So, you know, reports are talking about their cordial and, you know, all these things and, hey, you know, just physiological. So, It'll be interesting to see what happens. You know, word on on the street out here is they're really trying to get McCaffrey. So we'll see how that goes. With what? Again, honestly, with with what? Yeah, I don't know. But they don't have they don't have a first round pick until twenty twenty five. You think they want a first round for McCaffrey? Oh yeah, they're gonna ask for the farm for him. Oh, think so. But honestly, you have two capable backs there now, possibly three. You do. But again, if you hear these swirls about, you know, giving them three or four players for him, I don't know. But uh, there just seems to be a lot. But like we said, what we do know is when your team is winning, a lot of these things kind of get covered up and everybody seeing what is somewhat is happy regardless of the situation. But when you start struggling, things come more to the forefront. So it'll be interesting to see what it means because, you know, Coach McVay has been real evasive about everything. And it'll just seem because these are kind of things that start separating locker rooms and things like that. Well, and and, and I'm glad you mentioned that because this is what Rappaport actually wrote. He was very, very brief on Twitter, but he actually wrote an article for it. Says, and the quote, this is his article uh, on NFL.com, titled Rams Expected Trade Field Trade Calls for Cam Akers. Sources say the communication between Akers and McVeigh has remained cordial, and Akers has caused no problem, problems inside the locker room. But questions about his role, where he belongs, and his place in the pecking order of running backs have persisted. That brought everyone to this week with Akers set to be inactive. There's always a chance, a source cautions, that Akers snaps back in and he figures it out with McVeigh. So you, re- I, I'm in all my years covering the Rams or pretty much the NFL, I've never really heard anybody s- actually state that. So that's new to me. Makes me yeah. think it's possible to fix it. But here's my question: because I know, listen, I know you're going to take the player's point of view because you were a player. 
if you were, it's very rare for you to be like, yeah, for you to say something derogatory towards a player in that kind of, you know, team versus player aspect. But, I mean, the reason why Akers has not been getting the ball in his hands is twofold. One, he's not pass blocking for crap. That That's an issue number one. And two, I don't know if you saw the film from his last time out. And he comes, I believe it's off to his right. And there was this wide view. This He had this open hole. All he had to do is cut back to his left and go. And he's gone. Like 20, 30, maybe even further. He had so much open space. Instead, he flowed with the pulling offensive line and got tackled right there. And like, how? where's your running back vision? So his vision's been questioned. His, deci- his decision-making's being questioned on the field. And the biggest thing, from the, when it comes to the Rams, if you are a member of this Rams team under Sean McVay, you have to pass block. If you're a receiver, a tight end, a running back, you are expected to pass block. Daryl Henderson will pass block. Malcolm Brown will pass block. Watching Cam Akers attempt to pass block is, I I mean, I don't even have a comparison to it. It's just bad. And that's why he's not getting the touches. Well, and he's also, I mean, if you think back to before, he also has laid the ball on the ground a little bit as well. Yes, yes. Yeah, so you combine all those things. And, yeah, I'm not anti coaches or players and you know but i'm gonna try to come down and and as well as you on okay well what is right about this situation uh that's what i always love about our ability to try to figure these things out and you know i think this was going on i think that's going on uh but it's getting close to because what what year is this for acres is this third fourth year third year it's third year Third year, right? So yeah. you're technically so he has one more year, one more year on his contract. Well, but you're you're after this year, you're a restricted free agent. So again, if you're having a great year, they got to pay you, or another team can pay you, and they can match it, or you can leave. So when guys start looking at stats and their numbers and things like that, and I've I always kind of lean to if a guy has something in his contract that has to do with incentives. Well, those can be controlled by your offensive coaches, you know, amount of playing time per game, you know, number of touches, yards per game, so on and so forth. So that may be an opportunity where he now sees, man, because you guys, I'm not going to be able to make this incentive that was easy for me to make. Could be that. Or he just might be more of a prima donna and thinks like, yeah, man, I don't need to block. Just give me the rock so I can run. You know, uh, you just hate to see these guys thinking, uh, and this is what I'm going to say probably against is, you know, a lot of these guys, man, they just think they can do whatever they want, i.e. this other young man on this other team and, you know, calling out coaches in the front of the games and stuff. Come on, man. You know, I was a little, uh, saw Derek Carr. He was on an interview last week when the Raiders had lost. And he just calls his coach by his first name, not like coach. He called him by his first name. I'm like, okay, man, that's just a little bit too friendly, you know. And so uh, we're we're in a different era, man, in regards to uh, across the board in in, in major leagues and NBA and NFL, uh, where a little bit of this respect for the position is getting left behind because guys are making, you know, good money. And so they choose to feel like, hey, man, I don't need to do that. What you going to do about it? <laughs> so, But the money might be part of it. So, and I, don't, and I don't mean to correct you, but I got to correct it. He Please. is on his four-year rookie deal. Ah. As a second-round pick, he is actually signed the full four years, no RFA. So he has one more full year in his contract, but... His base salary this year is 1.17. Next year's 1.45. So he's getting to the point where a running back who's already had an Achilles injury, he's right. probably thinking, I have one more 
I have one good contract left for me. Right. And I need to make that bank. And he sees himself not being trusted with the carries. He sees himself getting limited carries in games. And quite frankly, right. let's be honest, getting crappy offensive line work up front in front of him. Right. I mean, let's be honest. This offensive line, especially in the interior, in its run blocking, has been horrid for two years now. There's no way around it. We have to be honest about this as much as we don't want to be. Um, so if I'm him, I'm thinking, I'm not getting what I need here, and I'm trying to make that bank in case my leg ever gives out on me, and I'm not being given that opportunity. Now, in my, in my view, if you're run blocking the way, I mean, if you're pass blocking like you should, if you're, catch, if you're making plays like you should, he makes that run last week. He's gone 50, 60 yards possibly. It was such a big hole, and he missed it. And that happens for everybody. Every, everybody misses something. But when you're averaging two and a half yards to carry, three yards to carry, and you're not able to make plays for yourself, it's, it's a different story when the offensive line is bad and you make plays. I can go back to the Barry Sanders years and think of the teams he played behind. And the guy made magic happen. You know that because you played against him. And is Cam Akers making any magic happen when he's, on, when he's in the game? The great ones do. And, and that's my counter to that thinking, well, I need to get my money. Well, you got to earn it. It, let me just say it like this, and tell me if I'm wrong. If he had been playing to the point where this guy is reaching the level he needs to be to be the featured back, don't you think the Rams would have made him the featured back? This offense was initially built around the running game. Todd Gurley, that's where it all started. Absolutely, absolutely. And, I mean, you got to look. The Rams also have a legacy of top running backs. You know, you can go all the way back to Colin Bryant. Uh, obviously, Eric Dickerson. Uh, Lance McCutcheon. Steven Lance McCutcheon. Jerome Dennis. Marshall Falk. Yeah. So, there's a, there's a history that, hey, man, back here, even you can put Todd Gurley in there for a couple years that he was was real solid, you know, uh, old school guys like Dick Bass. But the thing is, as you said, I love it. You got to earn it. And so what we don't have is all the tape. As you said, is he missing open holes? Is he not really running it up in there? Definitely, if if he's not picking up blocks, do they look at him doing that on purpose to send a message like, yeah, man, if you guys don't want to give me any balls, I'm going to let this quarterback get hit a little bit. I don't know. I'm just speculating. But it just seems like if it gets to where you go, because typically you're going to want to be on the field so you can show your other team, other team or somebody looking to maybe trade for you or pick you up, why you are a solid back. You don't want to be sitting out there where the coaches now can say, yeah, man, this guy, you know, I'm not going to say anything in the paper, but if you call me offline, yeah, you don't want him on your team. And now you kind of blackball yourself. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I think it will be interesting to see what happens. And I don't think he's it's necessarily he's gone either. I mean, if he's gone, it's going to be soon. If he's gone, it will be soon. But I also think it's fixable. And quite frankly, they need him. You have two injury-riddled dudes behind him. Malcolm Brown has a career of injuries. I've always thought Malcolm Brown could be a 1,000-yard runner, but he could never stay healthy. And I feel the same about Daryl Henderson. Talented running back, the guy can't stay healthy. So you, in my view, you do need cam makers. But if they can't trust him to do his job, then it's a problem. Listen, in my view, maybe it was something both sides needed. Maybe they needed a break from each other this week. But it doesn't look good on Cam not to be there. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. 
Because you know what happened? This is probably what happened, D- DC. They probably go, look, Cam, you know, we've talked about this a lot. We'll see you tomorrow. And then he doesn't show up. Coach, they have usually the position coach to call him, hey, man, where, where, where were you today? Oh, man, you know, we had da, 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 da. And then it's like, oh, well, I talked to him, coach. He should be here tomorrow. Then he doesn't show up again. Now it's a coach between him and the, the head coach and him. And then it's like, oh, well, this reason why this and that. And then this, the whole thing, a lot of things we're probably talking about, well, you know, I don't think this is fair. Well, you know, well, I'm never going to get a chance here. And then it's like, well, yeah, maybe you need to sit home and think about it. So it's good for the buy. Maybe in that he he can get his, his, his mind clear or at least to the point where he figures out and his agent tells him or whomever, hey, man, you might want to be out there. Don't say anything. We'll be able to get something done at the end of the year. We can't get nothing done if you're not playing, though. So. Uh, yeah, but you know, some guys just feel like, Hey man, I got to take a step and I got, I got to force somebody's hand. So we'll see. I mean, on the flip side of it, it might fit him better to be traded now because if he keeps playing this Rams offense right now and not doing well, his, his stock could go down. Whereas right now, other teams could probably see him and go, you know what? Let's put him behind an offensive line that, and let him go. Right, but right. in my view, I just think if you're Cam Akers, you were the guy apparent, and I would hate to be that guy looking back five years from now on a roster that just won the Super Bowl and wondering what if. I would rather be that guy personally who made it work. You have one of the best coaches in the league. You have one of the best rosters in the league. You're in a tough place right now with an offensive line that's, that's in trouble. But I, I don't know. Me personally, I would want to make it work. And there's no guarantee that anywhere else he goes will make the grass greener for him. I mean, I don't think so. Well, what you're talking about is ultimately team chemistry and can a guy fit in wherever he goes uh but the issues follow you if you're not a guy that can pick up the blitzer or or doesn't really have an uh an appetite to block that's going to follow you if you just want to run the ball and you want to tell the coach well these are the best plays i need to run run these and i can show you how i can dominate i don't know but I know in most of these offenses, they try to match up a guy to what they do, or they try to find the strengths of that player and see what they do. And again, maybe it comes down to he's just saying, well, I'm not even getting an opportunity here, Coach McVay. You said beginning of the year, I was going to get X amount of touches. I was going to be more of the feature. But yet, even when I am playing, I'm rotating. So it could be just just those kinds of things, or it could be something more that we don't know about that maybe he doesn't know all the plays, and maybe that's why he's not picking up blocks because he's like, oh, I thought it was a pass play. Oh, I thought it was, you know, I don't know. Uh, but, again, I know some issues when you're laying a ball on the ground and we don't know how much he's actually practicing during the week and all those kinds of things, all that stuff plays out into – why coach goes, you know what? You're not suiting up anyway. You know, and another thing to think about too, all this stuff, you know, we, we complain about ourselves. We complain about the running game. We complain about the fact that the Rams tend to get tunnel vision away from it, but we cannot forget that 2017, 2018, when you had the guy that was it, you know, Todd Gurley. That whole offense ran through him. In a perfect world, McVay has his running back. And he can run things through. And everything gets so much easier. No matter how much we relish the last couple of years of the Super Bowl win, the offense has been a lot harder to come by since 2019. Since there hasn't been that featured guy, the guy that everything goes through. It hasn't, I mean... The offense has not, has not been nearly as explosive as it was back then. Well, why? 
because you haven't had that guy to hitch it to. And all along, we all hoped the guy they would hitch the bus to was going to be, or hitch the car to, was going to be Cam Akers. Then he gets hurt, and he does a great job getting back for the playoffs and everything. But here we are, new season, and he's making what we would view to be rookie mistakes. If you're not blocking in that offense, you're in trouble. You know, and so we want to. I also want to caution and say, listen, I know that it's easy for us to blame him. We have talked on this show, Michael. You can back me up on this one. How many times have we said, "Run the flipping football"? Absolutely. Okay, we have, but we could also be honest and say, "Hey, look, you know, Cam hasn't exactly been doing his part here." And I don't think he has. Been. Well, you got two things. You know, how much is he really back from the injury? It looks like he is, uh, but you're running behind a, a pass work line. And then also, you don't seem to really have a coach that's really trying to establish the run game either. So if you just want to be pass happy, you have a line that's kind of ineffective, and then you have a, a a running back who may be getting beside himself, you know, because at some point you also got to prove that you can be a guy that can demand something. You know, I don't know that Cam has really done that. We saw a flash here or two. But nothing that we could go, oh, man, Cam Mack, he's he's really going to be the guy. I mean, you think he could be, but then you don't really see as much. And to your point, though, Derek, if you're a running back, you have to have vision. So if this dude's not hitting wide open holes, yeah, I don't. they're going to be like, hey, running back coach is going to be the ones who's like, hey, coach. No, this is the guy we really need to have planned. But he may be saying, yeah, coach, Cam, I don't know. He, I thought he was better than he was, and he doesn't seem like to put a lot of work in in the film room, so we need to stick with this or do this. So there's a lot that will come out eventually on why this guy thinks he's maybe better than he is or maybe is better than we think. I do want to point this out as well. There's another possibility. And I, I have been shouting this from the rooftops now for a long time. Um, and that is sports psychology. The dude tore his Achilles. The dude tore his Achilles. How many running backs or players have come back from a major injury like that and were never the same? And Absolutely. sometimes you could say, well, it's not even – the physical aspect, of it, it's the mental aspect of it. And I look at Todd Gurley, for example. When Todd Gurley came back from his knee injury, when they recorded him speed-wise in an open field, he was actually faster. Like He was recorded in that Dallas playoff game going at his fastest speed of the season. But where was he struggling at? His first explosive push off the line. So he was never able to adjust, in my view, and that's why he eventually didn't make it. Like You need to have that explosion of the line. How much of that was mental? How, we go back to the 2019 season where he's coming off the injury from the previous year. How much of Togo's issues last that year were mental? Other, other players, going back to other sports, even baseball, Steve Sachs. Remember what happened to Steve Sachs, right? And Chuck oh, Knobloch. Yeah. Right. You know, oh, my, Chuck Knobloch's a big one. You can't know, make a throw to them. Could not make a throw to them. You know? Right. And, and geez, Rick Ankiel. The, there's examples of this happening all the time when some kind of major injury messes you up. And I can't help but wonder if that's part of what's going on with him. I'm just wondering now. I have no evidence of this. Somebody sit there and say, well, we see Paul on Ram Talk Radio saying this. I have no evidence of it. But it's something to think about because, you know, before that injury, he was the future. He was exactly the future. And now, not so much. Well, it's interesting you say that, Derek. I know I stopped somewhat running and running on a treadmill because it started to feel like my Achilles was going to tear. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to be running on this treadmill in my garage and I tear my Achilles. So I just start kind of riding a bike, but I haven't really, you know, ran or, 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 you know, jumped on a treadmill because... 
Like, yeah, that's feeling weird. So I couldn't imagine trying to actually tear your Achilles and then come back and play running back. Yeah, that that could be a lot of mental anguish, if you will, even though you see a guy out there uh, coming back from injury. You know, we talk about it, but no, you're having surgery. You got to rehab. You got to fight through pain. You got to, you know, always be, okay, is is this really good? This is not, you know, I have my thumb repaired one year and I always wore this kind of baby cast through the game because I'm like, yeah, I'm not getting my thumb broke again, but my thumb, it had pins in it. You know, yeah. I mean, that part that was repaired wasn't going to break again, probably, <laughs> maybe somewhere else. But for me, it just was a little bit of comfort in knowing, like, hey, man, let me put this little bitty kind of cast on and let's go play and don't think about it. But Achilles, yeah, everything you do is explosion. So, yeah, that's a good point, man. That's making my Achilles hurt right now. <laughs> and some people might come down him hard for that. But, I mean, uh, from his perspective, and I was I was basically the chosen one for the running back position, and then all of a sudden, I tear the Achilles, and I make my way back at the end of the year, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be a Super Bowl hero, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he doesn't make all that big of an impact at all, really, honestly. And we start questioning his role on the team. We go through the entire offseason where. It's not really thought of, of of him being that featured guy. That's right. He's gonna he's gonna wind up being in a platoon situation. So, if I'm him, I can't understand as a sports athlete why mentally you may be off your game. And before anybody sits there and says, "Well, he gets the guy's a wimp," listen, you're this is a young man. This is always ever known. He's in his twenties. He's not in his forties. He hasn't lived life yet. Right. This is all he's ever known. This is the only career he's ever wanted, probably, at this point in his life. He's thought of a few things otherwise, but he's probably, at this point in his life, only thought about football. Changes things. I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just trying to add some some possible understanding here. Am I making sense? Oh, of course. Well, you know, there's a word called empathy that we all need to have for each other and another person's situation. Uh, and, the, and the thing is, what sometimes gets left out in these major sporting situations are you're actually a human being. And just because you play a sport, you can say it's fun, but it is work. Uh, there's other things that are going on that actually affect what you might do on your job. You know what I mean? If For us, we're in the teaching world, right, Derek? But you can't, you as much as you try not to leave anything, but if you leave home and you know your child is really sick that day, it may have a little bit of an impact on your thought press throughout the day in class. You know, you still got to do your job, but it's still not a situation where it's not going to not affect you. So, yeah, there could be all kinds of things that's going on that's led him to say, yeah, man, I'm not coming to practice. I don't know what that could be, but you just start taking the chances if it's really about you're not getting the ball enough. That that's not going to be good. I mean, with all that said, and and I guess empathy there. What I would love to see from this guy is a resolve come out of this. Like, dude, there is no doubt in my mind that he is the most talented running back on the roster right now. If he gets out of his own way. He is the total package overall for them. If he gets his head right. I believe that. So, why run from situation? You might go somewhere else and be the savior for a season then then flame out for all we know. This team drafted you. They have tried to put you in the lineup. You know, we could talk about McVay not trying to establish a run. Last week, they did try to establish a run. They really did. And they did today for that matter. It wasn't pretty at times. But they did. They tried. They ran for over 100 yards today. So, so let me play the devil advocate real quick, Derek. You said that, yeah, you know, I'll be the safer. How many guys have left a situation and actually have gone to another team and excelled? Oh, you know, I think, I think it depends. I mean, look at OBJ 
you know, he instantly fit in with the Rams last year coming from Cleveland. But remember, but, it took it took him about four or five or six games and didn't yeah, yeah. You see what I mean? And by the way, this is probably not even it, it is probably has been Akers has probably played what, eight games since his injury? Right. I mean with an offseason in between. But I would say if, if we just go down the list, if we go down the list of players, even Peyton Manning, yeah, he went to uh, the Broncos. You go, oh well, he won the Super Bowl. Yeah, man, but he was throwing like two yard passes all game. So, oh yeah, was, by the time by the time he won <laughs> that Super Bowl at Denver, he's broken down. But when he <laughs> and, and Indy made the call to let him go, it wasn't like this dispute. We're talking right. about disputed players who right. move on. I mean, it's a grab bag. Yeah, I, I I don't remember someone who's been able to force his way out and just win and excel. He may have did okay, but it wasn't like, oh yeah, he really he really got off. He really now he went to, he's going to be a, a Hall of Famer. How about Le'Veon Bell? That's a great example. Pittsburgh holdout, absolutely. And absolutely. then goes to the Jets. Antonio Brown, all these guys was never the same as when he was in the first place he was at. Never the same. Todd Gurley. Never the same. Yeah, and the, the, the Rams wanted to talk early at that point, by the way. I mean, right, right. And, and I don't think it was talk with, I, at that point, I think it was Gurley's attitude, honestly. Again, what happens to most of these guys, you can think you're bigger than the game or better than you are. And do you, do you need to have confidence? Absolutely. But once you begin to think that you're actually bigger than the game, Antonio Brown, better than you are, Antonio Brown, <laughs> I'll just stay with him because it's like the stuff he's now doing. It's like, man, you're literally going to get yourself put in jail. Like, why would you do that? Wow. But again, I don't think he's all there, honestly. Well, these are choices people make. And hey, man, you got to live with these choices. All right, so folks, we actually talked more about Cam Akers today than we did the game. Um, a couple things here. Defensively, the Rams are great. I don't want to give too many kudos because they were basically playing a one-dimensional offense, but they did their jobs. Offensively, they seem to figure it out in the second half. A lot of good things to see. A lot of, a lot of people, different people getting, getting in touch, and that's good. But there are questions like Cam Akers, like the offensive line. And another pick six from, from Matt Stafford. All these questions come to mind as you're heading now into the break. So, hey, if you have any questions you, you'd like us to answer this week in our midweek no-game podcast, send us an email at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or get us on Twitter at TalkRams. And, Mike, any closing thoughts for right here? Uh, I'm just uh, thankful again, as you said earlier, in regards to now being a somewhat off week. And hopefully these guys can get healed up. We can get some more play calling going offensively and and see some better football down the stretch. Well, and for me, heal up. Heal up, heal up, get that run game straight. Don't know if it can be straightened up, but that's what we're shooting for. That's what we're hoping for. So there you go. All right, so all that said, follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. Follow Mike on, on Twitter at 1D23. Follow us on Facebook, on Twitter at Talk Rams, where any more podcasts can be found. In the meantime, we're out of here. Have a great one. We're out.